Hey everybody, you're listening to the second greatest running podcast in the world, Whereabouts Failure, brought to you by P2E Studios. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Whereabouts Failure, a podcast for runners that are trying to rebrand the sport of running or runners that just need to enter the witness protection program. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I'm joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I am pretty sure I started training for a marathon this week. Nice. I think I think I did. I mean, call it what you will. It was only a few miles. But I ran a, uh, consistently a couple days in a row. I got a long run on the schedule for this weekend. I think it's safe to say that I actually started training for a marathon this week. Mike, how many, uh, how many days do you think we have left to train? The answer to that, Steve, would be plenty. Yeah, take a guess. I think last time we did this, it was like one. I think we got like one like 71 given selling yourself short you got 189 left okay see look at that 189 the uh just just a little side note here the airbnb is officially booked uh i was chatting with our with our boy uh chief over at bell app track and field who happens to be based at indianapolis he said we're in the absolute perfect spot to walk to the start of the marathon and more importantly walk to the after party after the race so the plans are coming together, boys. It is, it's happening. Um, and as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm great, guys. We got like just about a full year to go to the marathon, so not stressing about the training just yet. I uh, I survived my first Vegas weekend last weekend. Uh, I took my first trip down to Vegas. We can talk about it probably for like a couple of hours if you just want to do a podcast on that. Maybe that's some bonus content. But can I give you guys my little saga of getting yeah. to Vegas from, from Victor, Idaho? So flying out of Bozeman, Montana, three and a half hours away, and Megan is flying to a wedding in Atlanta, same day. So we get there about three and a half hours, about six hours before my flight, six and a half hours before my flight. I go to TSA, no ID, just not in my wallet. Classic Trent. Class. This is not classic, Trent. This has <laughs> never happened to me before. I travel all the time thinking this wasn't a work trip because I just get to the guy, you know, I give him my boarding pass. I got my TSA pre. I'm, I'm an experienced travel with my pre-check and I, I just know exactly what I'm doing. I'm in and out and I just open up the wallet and just not there. So I have about seven hours maybe till my flight goes off. Again, got there super early. I was going to work from the airport because Megan had an early flight. I decided I'm going to zip back home three and a half hours back, then zip back to the airport and see if I can pull this off. I go back home. Um, there's no highway, like real highways where I'm driving, right? Like there's only passing lanes. So I'm just weaving in and out of cars the whole time. At one point I get pulled over. So I'm the huge asshole where all the cars I just passed are now passing me as I'm like sitting there getting pulled over by the cop. Uh, <laughs> I, I get back to the airport like 15 well, minutes. Hold on, before. did you, when, when the cop was like, do you know how fast you're going? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you explain to him your situation or do you just eat it? 
no, because he said license and registration. And I said, sir, I'm sorry, oh, I don't no. have my license. Which, which he was super cool about it. He actually was the quickest I've ever had a police officer go back and like figure, even without my license, he figured it out and was just like, hey man, you gotta slow down. Uh, so I get back to the, the, the airport and I go to like, I got there like 20 minutes my flight was supposed to take off. And turns out it had like taken off early than it was supposed to. So I missed the flight after about like 10 and a half hours of driving that day. Could have driven to Vegas in less time. Oh uh, so I ended up getting God. the flight the next morning, missed the night. But oh. my God. Oh, so the- hey, Trent, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. So you're there, you're at the airport seven hours early. Did the thought like, cause I know that there's been cases of people getting through TSA with, with their, without their ID, did the thought ever cross like, Hey, we got seven hours to figure this out. Like, let me find somebody to talk to and start the process of getting my ass through, through TSA. So I, I definitely could have got through even the TSA guy was like, Hey, we can take you over here to talk about it. If you got other forms of like identification, credit cards, going stuff, to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. What uh, am I going to yeah. do? I got I need an identification. Need an to well, get around in that Vegas. might be, that actually might be the one place you could get away without having an ID. I needed an ID. I was glad like I was there. So I came, I grabbed my passport. I still don't know where my ID is. It still has just disappeared on me. But there was enough. You're right, Steve. If I wasn't there for a bachelor party, I could have gone away because I could have been like, all right, I'm not getting in this place. I'll just go to the next place until somebody lets me in because it's Vegas, right? There's a million places to drink and to bet and do all that good stuff. But when you're with a group of people, yeah. you don't want to be the one guy that just like can't get into to wherever yeah. everyone else is going into um so did you did you find out that the flight had already taken off like when you arrived or did you get a notification on your phone or did you check in on it or let me give the full details it was terrible so the flight originally was supposed to be like 5 30 takeoff it gets delayed to like 7 15 and i got the notification for the delay like while i'm driving back so i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be able to make this like this is insane and then i showed up and they moved it back up because, you know, they wouldn't just move up a flight normally, but because it had been delayed, they moved up. So I'm at TSA again. Like, I parked the car. It's a tiny airport, right? I run up to, like, TSA. Uh, again, I'm ready to go, like, feeling like I know what I'm doing. I'm an experienced traveler. I travel all the time. I got my pre-check. I, uh, I go to load my boarding pass on my phone. And as I go to, like, refresh it, it just says, like, flight departed, you know, 646. Oh. And it was, like, 651. That is <laughs> so I, I got the CSA guy once again, the same guy once again. And oh. I was like, I'm sorry. I just missed my flight. Like, that feeling when you say to the TSA guy while there's a line behind you, I, I just missed my flight. And then you can turn around <laughs> and walk out. Like, I don't need to go through security anymore is, uh, is pretty heartbreaking. Oh, that sounds I, like the worst day of all time. Yeah, I don't I don't even want to know how much money you lost in Vegas because that is like the ultimate bad beat you just had is sitting in a TSA line and refreshing your page to see your flight took off. Yeah, I I definitely like it was an expensive weekend because I'm at a bachelor party in Vegas. Like you just start spending money on everything. But I actually like won money in the casino. And it had to have just been like some some karma coming my way. Just well, somebody was, I was looking out. To I was like, just gonna say that you gotta when you're sitting there, you know, missing your flight to Vegas, you gotta be like, hey, it can't get any worse like this. I got some good juju coming my way. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I think that I think that that can only help you with the. I had that, and then so the next flight's at like seven a.m. or something. So I wake up. 
to get to the airport super early. And I see the group messages and somebody at like 4.30 in the morning was like, hey, I'm going to call an Uber now. And I was just thinking, maybe it's for the best I missed night one. Like maybe I'm going to come in. I was feeling so fresh. Everybody was like half dead when I got there. I know they spent a ton of money to just like some you know, DJ I'd never heard of, like some club that was happening. So they probably spent a ton of money and they were out till that late. So I was like, maybe, you know, maybe it was for the best that the whole, I mean, it wasn't for the best. That's complete bullshit. The whole day was terrible as I drove back and forth, but that was like my saving grace right there was thinking about how much money they spent, how late they're open till and how I was going to win a bunch of money uh, when I got to the next day. So Trent, at this point in my life, I can tell you there's like two rules that um, I follow when it comes to Vegas and bachelor parties. Whatever time you think you want to go to Vegas for and or a bachelor party, in this case, they're together, go one last day. And you will and you will it will, you will be the happiest person at that bachelor party. So I unintentionally did that. And I, yeah. I think that's like that is the advice right there. So I get there and it's probably, you know, I had to take this like the worst flight the next day was like a connecting rather than direct. But anyways, I get there like middle of the day. And some people are kind of coming around like to the Airbnb, other people that and I'm feeling like fresh. I'm like, crack me open a beer. Let's go. Uh, and I had a, I think I had the by far the best day that day. So I think you were, I think there's something the you said injection of energy they needed on day two. I think you need fresh life when you you're do. at a party like that. You fresh you're blood. Right, like it doesn't have to be me because I'm not the guy that's going to be, you know, everyone, no one cares when I show up, but when somebody new shows up, you're totally right. That's like invigorating to everybody that's there. See, I've had a different experience with that, Trent. <laughs> I was I was the late one to uh I think we've told this story before, but by the time I showed up, everybody was hung over for like two straight days and nobody else wanted to party. So I just basically partied with myself and the groom for like two straight days and just screamed at you while everyone else tried to catch up on sleep. And I ended what up a being the lame group to go oh, on a bachelor whoa, whoa. party with. Oh, I ended well, up I ended up being the drunkest girl group. at the party because I was Mike, just playing I was playing beer die for like six days straight. Mike shows up and the rest of us are just like Mike, we had you know a crazy night last night. Like just give me to at least the afternoon, right? Like just give me some time to recuperate. We have all night to get after it. So it's like you know, 11 in the clock in the morning, and Mike is like that's, mad that you're not chugging no, that, beers with them. That's such a rook, a bachelor party rookie, like early 20s mistake to make on a bachelor party. The beauty of a bachelor party is that you can day drink and you can party during the day and you don't need to stay up till four o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm sure it's going to it's going to happen. It's going to get away from you. But have to all of the, the younger listeners to this, the people that are going to be going on bachelor parties, doing all this stuff, have your fun during the day. Don't don't sleep the day away because you're going to it's going to feel better. You're going to feel healthier. You're going to have more fun all around. I'm telling you, you know what I figured out? My golden rule. I figured this out literally after that party that Mike was just talking about. My new golden rule bachelor parties is if you're into this sort of thing, not everybody's going to be into this. and You might need to cut this, but it's all about marijuana you do not want to get drunk and be hung over but you can just get super baked be on the same level as everybody else yet feel fantastic when you kind of come out of that whether it's the evening or the next day so now that marijuana is legal in most of the states that people are listening to just like alcohol is legal in all the states i would recommend 
you trying to supplement your drinking <laughs> or not supplement, replace it with a little marijuana during the days. And that way you totally decrease the amount of alcohol in your body. You wake up feeling a lot better than someone else because you had less beers than them. <laughs> I don't know if, if, if the answer, if the answer to, uh, I don't know if, if doubling down on the substances in your body is, is it's like, yes, I understand. You're not doubling that. There's, there's no such thing as medicinal alcohol. There's a thing as medicinal it's marijuana. Medicinal it's something alcohol. that it kind of keeps you in the right state of mind to be around people that are having fun. You're not the sober guy at the party, but you're going to feel better if you can take some of those beers and take some of that whiskey and replace it with a little bit just, of just two more drugs. You you trying to you trying to pitch this as like the responsible option yeah. is absurd. Listen, Trent, I, I I hear where you're coming from, but don't act like it's like this genius responsible move to make during the bachelor party. Just just cover it up with more jugs, kids. <laughs> That's what makes it genius, though, is because you don't want to be the responsible guy at the bachelor party, but you want to be the guy that feels good, and this is a way to kind of to, to kind of walk that tightrope and feel pretty good about it. <laughs> well. Speaking of um, uh, uh, crazy party weekends, um, not that this was a crazy party weekend, but um, I just had a business trip up to Burlington, Vermont, and I uh, this morning I woke up and I uh, I, I ran the loop. I, w- I woke up, went down to the uh, went down to downtown area, and I did the double loop. And just to kind of, you know, relive all that PTSD, it was nice to be out there. Good to uh, be running back in, in Burlington, Vermont in the spring. Uh, just kind of remember how much fun that was. To anybody that that is new to the podcast or didn't watch it last time, we did the David Goggins 4x4x48 four by four by challenge last May. It's all on YouTube. We had we might put together an awesome kind of YouTube series, so go check it out. I actually might go back and watch that and relive it because that you did a good job with it. It was it was a fun weekend, but um, I had I had the craziest morning after my run. I was going from my hotel to the store, and within the course of ten minutes, I just had like the nuttiest interactions in my life, and I just I just had to talk about it because it was crazy. First off, leaving the hotel, this lady runs a red light, and I slam on the brakes, and she's in she she drives past me she slams on the brakes i go to scoot around her she rolls down her window and starts swearing at me because she ran a red light so that was the first thing next thing this guy cuts me off merging lanes whatever he starts swearing at me at the next light i'm like what is going on this is supposed to be chill vermont everybody's supposed to be high here you know listening to fish eating ben and jerry's ice cream i don't know why everybody's freaking out at me i'm pulling up to the store and all of a sudden out of the corner of my left eye, I see this like black figure. And all of a sudden, like this thing just jumps out in front of my car and I slam on the brakes. I come inches away in downtown Burlington from hitting a black bear. This black bear was no. just barreling across the street. I'm dead serious. I've never seen anything like it before in my life, but I almost smoked a black bear. And it was just like, did you, did you start swearing at the black bear? Well, I was was like, my adrenaline was like at an all time. high. I was like, everybody in Vermont wants to fight me this morning. And I almost hit this bear. Like I was like, it was all within the course of seven minutes. It was like the craziest seven minutes of my life. I was like, am I in a movie right now? Like what the hell is going on? Well, so if you had hit the black bear in that situation, let me ask you this. 
whose fault do you think it would have been? Would it have been your fault or the Bears' fault? I mean, I think in Vermont, they, they would have said it was my fault. Yeah, but I'm asking you. that I have a point to, to this line of question here. Who, who's... Because it seems like it snuck up on you a little bit here. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I would, so, right. So I'm saying, like, do you think listen, it would have been your fault that if, you hit the bear? If if the black bear was a vehicle, I'm winning the court case. So I guess the point I'm trying to get at is here is let's say, let's reverse the roles a little bit here, and you're in the car, and it was a person that snuck up just like that. You might think it was their fault. You might get upset. You might sw- start swearing at them. Uh, so maybe you should have a little bit more. Uh, sympathy for the the situations of the, the the people you dealt with earlier in the day you know what i mean maybe 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 you're maybe. right yeah. mike is not right i don't know i couldn't <laughs> even follow that line of questioning i was totally lost on that i had no idea what he's talking about steve you're, you're, you're great... making you're making a comparison between me and the black bear it, it was the great circle of life yeah like at, <laughs> at one point you're the pedestrian and you can't figure out why the driver's mad, so you're all mad at them. And then the second scenario, you're the driver, and you can't figure out what this stupid bear's doing, so you're mad. And you know what I mean. So everyone's mad. So really, and... it's it's just it's just a matter of perspective, right? It's a matter it, that that's someday, exactly what I'm getting. Someday, at. someday you're the 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 crazy lunatic <laughs> soccer mom running the red the, the running the stop <laughs> sign, and someday right. you're the black bear. You know that's just how life it, goes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Except the lunatic soccer mom is a person with a driver's license that should know a red light means to stop and not hit the other person where the black bear is a wild animal. Steve, what's it like going to Burlington, Vermont for business trip? Because I have not been back since our, our challenge there, uh, since the 4x4x48. And I just have like such an emotional reaction i think to burlington on such opposite spectrums right like one was it was this epic weekend where we all came together had the best time one was it was like this miserable weekend where we had to wake up every few hours from that stupid loot that you talked about in the middle of the night i'm not sure i could go there and like meet somebody you know for a business lunch or something like that uh just definitely, being surrounded by not, all that stimuli and definitely not run the loop like i feel like that puts you back in that place too a marathon training i i had to remind myself what i'm working for and i don't want to be fourth place third place again so i had to i had to go back and you know conquer my demons but uh i've been going to vermont regularly for business for about 11 years now or to burlington vermont regularly for business for about 11 years now um and burlington is it's one of the greatest places in the country like and i say that as like somebody that's that's uh, relatively well-traveled. I've been, you know, across the United States, around the world. Um, you know, my, in my previous job, like I would travel up and down the East coast for work, like, um, every other week, Burlington is, is just like a perfect, like small city tucked away in the mountains on the coast of the Champlain Lake. It's like, it is just perfect. Yeah, my only associations I found that weekend. So I, is that I, the only time you've like ever you been there? I think I'd been once before years earlier for like an afternoon. Like this was my first real time doing it. I'm drinking a but, beer right now from Foam Brewery right on the lake there. Went there, uh, picked up a case of assorted beers. Like it, it, it's just, Burlington is just awesome. It's, it's a real shame, Trent, that your only experience is that weekend. Trent. 
I don't want to go back after that. Like I have no desire to go back after that weekend. I'm telling you, Burlington, Vermont is 100% your speed. Yeah, no, in all seriousness, I, you know, when, uh, when Negan and I make the move back East, which will happen at some point, like, I don't want to be near Boston anymore. I'm done with the big city. I feel like Burlington could be, could, I could, I could fit. Burlington, you would, you would thrive in Burlington. People would agree with my bachelor party views in Burlington. Vermont, (laughs) Very much. But I could just see, I could see you as a, as a Burlington guy through and through. So anyways, that's our story. Mike, you got any stories? Do I have any stories? I mean, Trent, this is story time. I mean, we're, you know, apparently this is a running podcast. We'll get to running yeah. eventually, but, uh, you know, Man. Trent's got some stories. I got some stories. You got, you got anything going on in your life? Yeah. I, you know, n- no good stories. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's been pretty boring over here off the, uh, off the coast of Connecticut, Steve. No, no good stories. That's the worst. And somebody's like, tell me a story or, or yeah, tell I'm... me a joke or something like that. Mike, you're uh, can we, I mean, we can cut this if we want. You're not going to be off the coast of Connecticut very much that much longer, are you? No, no, we uh, we will not be off that. So here's a question, Steve, and I, I thought we might address this in a month or two, but I'm okay talking about it now. Sorry, I've had a few no. brewery beers. No, no, I, I'm fine I, with I'm it now. What, what do we do? You know what I mean? Like Trent left the house of Sav, but we still introduce him. At the House of Sav. The House of Sav was like four apartments ago. <laughs> You're right. It's what I'm saying. Like, am I forever off the coast of Connecticut? Or do we adjust? Do we bob? Do you we know, weave? I, 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 this has crossed my mind. Um, I hate that Connecticut is like the only location named in our intro. So I'm probably going to change. <laughs> I'm probably going to change your intro. I hate that. Like if somebody's listening to this for the first time, it's like, Oh, a bunch of Connecticut guys. It's like, no, couldn't be further from that. Um, so I, I, we're probably going to change off the coast of Connecticut, but I'm going to do some noodling on it. I'm going to do some brainstorming. Okay. Yeah. But to your point, we, uh, we're the family's making a big move here soon. Got a new job. We're moving back to the greatest state in the nation in the world some might New say Hampshire. massachusetts we're making our way back you know i've been uh far away from my you know massachusetts boston roots for a long time now it's been it's been a little over six-ish years so i'm i'm ready for my triumphant return and uh yeah so that's uh breaking news I mean, one there's there's two people from Massachusetts. One has decided to make their home. The other's moving back. The other one, the other third person on this podcast, not from Massachusetts, just said that who doesn't currently live in his home state and just said that he's going to move to a different state. Not not but like yeah, three minutes ago. And then you're claiming New Hampshire is the greatest state in the world. Uh, you know, you, actions speak louder than words, Trent. Yeah, it's just like a natural reaction. You know, if somebody says it, then it just, just comes out immediately as New Hampshire. Uh, I'm not sure I would actually defend it, but it's better than Massachusetts. We'll put it that way. Okay. All right. Um, Live free or die, baby. Before we, get die. Into, before we get into some, uh, some running stories and just kind of some topics for the podcast, I do want to say this. Um, there are a couple people in my life, two, primarily two, that through thick and thin have defended a certain athlete and have said that they're one of their favorite athletes in the world. Two people I can think of off the top of my head. And, you know, 
sometimes sometimes they get made fun of for this take. Sometimes they get pra- praised for this take. Trent, how vindicated do you feel? Oh, Marcus oh. Smart is like <laughs> player in the NBA right now. Defensive player of the year. Like nobody, there, there's one other person in my life, Mike, you probably know, John, o, my buddy, John O'Donnell. He, ever since Marcus Smart joined the team, he's like, that's my favorite player. Like, I love this guy. I want this guy on the team forever. And then Trent never stops talking about Marcus Smart and how much they love him. And I feel like all the Marcus Smart lovers have vindication and all the haters feeling pretty dumb right now. Steve, I thought you were making the transitioning to running at this point in the pod. <laughs> we have, no, we've no. enough. And so when you said that, I actually, my thought was like, ah, oh, that'd be funny if he was talking about Marcus Smart, but nah, he's not. We're ready to talk running. Like what athlete is he going to pull out? But my God, okay, if we can get on this tangent, we can go off for a while. No, we it don't need to go. Feel... I think, I think the, the runners are, are getting pretty right, annoyed we'll, with we'll us. We, let's, let's make it quick. Let's just put it, put it this way. Anyone out there, the old Celtics, Celtics team, really. Anyone out there that's like, I don't like the NBA. They don't play hard. Like they, they don't, it doesn't matter to the last six minutes. Tune in and watch Celtics Bucks this weekend. Let's start. The Celtics are playing like, like, I don't think I've had this much fun watching a Celtics team in probably since the big three era, like 12 years ago. And Marcus Smart being the catalyst behind it all. He's not the best player on the team. I'm not saying that, but he's the guy that cares the most. He's got the most heart and he's finally getting recognized. It. And in Marcus's, you know, for the haters defense, he has made strides this year, especially offensively with better decision making. But to I mean, see that pass yeah, my to Tatum, guy. game one, he yeah, shoots the pass. That, he shoots that 10 out of 10 times yeah. any other year but this year. And he and we he finally has kind of like figured out how to be a playmaker on offense and not just kind of a streaky shooter. But because his offense is getting better, people stop complaining about it. And now the whole world has to recognize what a force of nature he is on the defensive end. And just as a personality, like he is the guy, no matter what sport you're playing that you want, like in your huddle, that's just sticking up for his guys. He's the ultimate like team player, basketball, running, whatever sport you want to name. He's the guy you want in your locker room. Uh, and yeah, to see like the recognition he's got right now, it's been, and to see how well the Celtics are playing lately. He, uh, it's been a fun couple of weeks. He's the fifth guy on the cross country roster that rounds out the championship team. And, and you can count on him, especially <laughs> maybe you couldn't count. He's not the most talented guy and he would do some dumb stuff, but he was the guy who like was, had everybody's back the whole entire time. Even when he would go out like way too hard and die <laughs> easily, he would never give up though. He never drop out. He would like fight his ass till the very end of the race every time. Like he is the ultimate teammate and he's finally figuring out how to like, like he is right. He's to make the running analogy. He's the ultimate teammate of all time who just didn't know how to race for a while. Like he was kind of just a little erratic when you put him on the starting line, but this year, especially he was the crazy person on your team that had no clue how to race. And but yeah. He, yeah. Sometimes it pay off. Sometimes he would die like really terribly because he'd go out way too hard or something like that. Or he just thought he could go with the best guy. And this time he figured out how to race. And he was just, he's just the ultimate, the ultimate teammate. And Thank it, you, Steve. Thanks. Thanks for doing a market. I, I, you got to give right props where it's due. But in, in this team, I will say like never in the history of like my fandom uh, of like Boston sports has a team gone from so unlikable to so lovable during the course of the season. Like the first quarter of the season, like I couldn't stand watching the Celtics to the point now Trent's putting on his Celtics jersey to the point where I was just like, I was like, I am so busy right now 
Like I have to make, he put on a Marcus Smart jersey. I was like, the first quarter of the season, I was like, I am so busy right now. Like I have to find places like to cut activities from my life. And I was like, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to dedicate time to watching the Celtics every game this season. Um, and, and like, I, to be honest, like the first half of the season, like I kind of lost touch, but in the back end of the season, um, into the playoffs, it's like, this team has become so likable, so fun to watch again. We're, we're kind of going off on tangents here, but anyways. Yeah. yeah. I, I have, I have plenty of takes, but I, I'll pass on them for now. I suppose we should probably get to, we should probably get to running at some point. Try to get to Boston marathon. I'm going to go run, run, grab beer. Mike, why don't you set the table for Boston marathon? I got a story to tell from the from the expo because i was working the expo but let me let me go grab a beverage real quick so i don't know did we did we ever calculate who won our our pool oh i had to have won i had the winner on the men's side the woman on the women's side none of my guys blew up but regardless of who won the pool steve just saying he's got a story from the expo is the ultimate tease for for just like me and me only as a guy who (laughs) cares more about the expo uh, then he does about the race itself and the athletes in it. All I want to hear is Steve's, uh, Steve's exo story. So go ahead, Mike, and talk about whatever you were going to talk about. Set the table, <laughs> however you set the table. I don't well, care. I, think, I just want to hear the expo story. I, I think obviously I want to get into the race itself. I think there's uh, important stuff to talk about from the actual race, but I, I do think Steve's story from the expo and you know, other elements, the two crew showing out on the course. Um, you know, none of us were there. I know Steve linked up with, uh, with, you know, some of the, the folks at a bar later on, but we had a nice little two crew party going on that none of us were in attendance for. And that was rocking. It looked awesome. I was getting like the, you know, videos and picture updates. And, uh, we looked like it was a pretty good crew out there. Um, so yeah, no, I was I was happy to see uh you know some two crew representation out there. Yeah, we um so uh, so I was working the expo all weekend. First off, uh got to see so many members of the two crew. A bunch of people came by, said hi, um, you know, got to it, it was it's pretty cool. Like I I was talking to a couple of people like if you told me like four years ago, three years ago, I was going to have like, quote unquote, like online friends, I would have told you you were nuts. But just through the course of the podcast and getting to like connect with people across the country, people that aren't geographically close to me, like I have created like we all have created like online friends, like people I communicate with on a regular basis via the Internet that I've never met in person. I got to meet some of them this uh, this week. And so we, you know, thank you to everybody that kind of uh, swung through uh, said hi at the, at the, um, at the expo. It was great to, great to see everybody, get to chat with everybody for a little bit. Everybody that was able to come hang out. We, we met up at a bar after the fact. So everybody that came out, it was a ton of fun there. Um, the, the pictures and videos from the, from the party at mile 22, even though none of us could be there, looked like a blast. Chris, like Mike said, Chris was running that, um, said it was, it was a great time. Uh, maybe next year we'll be able to be there. We'll all be able to be there. Um, but, so I was working the expo and I'm in this marathon training. So I'd get out of the expo and I'd lace up my shoes and I'd go out for a quick little run. And, you know, you only know this if you work an expo, but it is, it is very difficult to run after you work an expo because you're standing on your feet, like on a concrete floor for like 10 hours straight. 
And then you don't even realize like how much that beats your body up and how much like it hurts, like go run afterwards. But I was like, I just got to get some miles in. It actually makes you feel better the next day. If you just, even if you go out and do like one or two miles, but I was like, after every single expo day, I want to get like four to five miles in. And so uh, this would have been um, two days before the marathon. I went out at like six o'clock at night. Sun was setting over the Charles. It was, it, or maybe it was a little bit later. Maybe it was seven o'clock. Sun was setting over the Charles. Beautiful night. And I saw a bunch, I saw a group of people, very obvious, like, you know, Kenyan elites uh, or, you know, African elites or whatever. Um, several of them were wearing like the NN running team jackets, like Kipchoge's team. Some people were wearing gear from like Kipchoge's um, sub two hour attempt and like it, it was very obvious like they were they were elites and so i was running along the esplanade along the charles river and you know how um if you go along the esplanade there's that little part that kind of shoots out you can go over a bridge and you can kind of run on that little island trent trent's his head and there's that that bike path and park that runs like and so there's like water on both sides of that little island and so i'm running on that and i see out of the corner of my eye the running team run by and so I was like, all right. So I crossed the bridge and I was like, all right, I got to catch up with this guy, these, you know, these guys and get a video picture or something. And, uh, and so like, I'm like, and they're just kind of like, you know, jogging along doing like a shakeout late night shakeout. And I'm like, I'm really dropping the hammer to catch up to these guys. And, uh, I think I posted it on Instagram. So you must, you could have started the story. I'll probably repost it like on, on the page or whatever. But I, uh, I ran up next to him. I was like, I was like, Hey guys, I was like, you mind if I take a picture real quick? And I have my, my video and I'm asking them all of them if, who's going to win the marathon. And they had no idea what I was saying, but it was pretty funny. And then I stopped recording and then I was like, okay, well, I can't run up to these guys and drop back. I was like, I got to drop the hammer and burn these guys. And so I turn off my phone and I just blast by them and I run for like, you know, 200 yards and I take the next right out of there. But it was, it's pretty funny that like, <laughs> like i'm sure that i'm sure that those guys were like you know here comes this like short stocky white guy blasting up next to us trying to take a picture and then he's dropping the hammer on us after that so did, did any part of you consider just like joining the pack and just well just going for a run with them i was going to if any of them were like entertained by my antics but they seemed pretty annoyed with me so i decided to drop sure. the hammer. that makes sense <laughs> I love it. I was, I was saying to Mike, Steve, uh, I was really excited for an expo story, something from, you know, the expo being the expo guy here. And it wasn't exactly an expo story, but yeah, when you sent that, that video to it, it was pretty electric. It was like Boston is here. Steve's out here. He's crushing miles with the, with the elites of the elites. Did you ever think you would drop? Like, I don't know who exactly was in that group that you were, you were with, but did you ever think you were taught, like would drop some, you know, Kipchoge's training partners? I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. I bet, I bet they, you know, you, you say they might've been annoyed, but like for how accomplished that group probably is. And again, not knowing exactly who they are, they do not get like the amount of love that any other or athletes in a lot of other sports would get. So like how many people came up to them on that, that run? Probably only, you know, a, a few. So I think you're safe I, I was to probably up the to only it. one. You think you don't? And, yeah, it's that, not that like that crossed my mind too. That crossed my mind too, Trent. Like, it was an absolutely gorgeous night, and when it's a nice night on that little stretch there, people come out. They like set up picnics. They watch the sunset. Like they, you know, have a couple beers or whatever. Or you know, there was a bunch of people out there running, 
And I was like, there's hundreds, if not like thousands of people out on the Esplanade tonight. And um, you have these like world-class runners just running like world-class athletes yeah. just in the mix here. And, and nobody's saying anything to them. It was like, they, they probably appreciate it. Or, you know, I, I would like to think in a city like Boston, the week of the marathon, they get a little taste of what it's like to be like a, uh, you know, a, a, a pro athlete in Boston. Like I would like to think that people are like welcoming them as like uh, with the respect that they deserve for what they're about to do on marathon Monday. You yeah, that, that that is a wild um, thought to have, right? Because like at their sport, especially if you go, you know, marathoning and like distance running, those guys, you know, and I don't know exactly who they are, but I'm assuming they were elite, elite, you know, finishing, you know, top 10, 15 at the Boston Marathon type yeah. type runners, right? So they are hyper elite runners. And I'm trying to think of like a good comparison of, you know, maybe not like a, a um, LeBron James or, or something a like that. Marcus but, Smart. Oh, yeah. Maybe a Marcus Smart is the right idea. Like that's like the, a comp of like a Marcus Smart walking down the street and being like, holy shit, that's, that's Marcus Smart. You know what I mean? Like, but they obviously don't get that. But it's, it, it should be the same comp, right? Like they are, that high of level in their sport at their craft that if they played you know most sports in america they would be getting recognized just going out for a casual and they probably wouldn't be able to just go for a casual on the espionage because they'd be getting mobbed but that's the nature of of the marathon you, you know why they were annoyed actually though i just figured it out it's because they're not actually real athletes. They're just a group of fans from Ethiopia that came yeah, over. Yeah, they got a bunch that. of free gear. They're just big Kipchoge fans. They're all like, you know, they're running their 25 minute 5Ks with the rest of us. And Steve got, you know, confused and was taking this. <laughs> like, what the hell is this guy doing? I would love that. that well, they looked the part. I can tell you that much. And it, and it did happen. I take it back. I'd be stoked. Cause like, if I got mistaken for a pro athlete, someone came up and was taking videos of me running, uh, then I would be pretty stoked about it. So these fuckers are being, sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> I, I was, we'll, we'll keep this in the podcast. They're being so loud. So my neighbors are being so loud and before, I wouldn't care because I'm sure I've had some loud parties at my house. But now that I have kids, I am so upset because I'm terrified that they're going to wake my kids up. And I am sitting here realizing I am the old man on the street now. I was about to say, that, like, at what point do, like, all the memories of, like, you being a kid and, like, a teenager and, like, partying and being super loud and not caring about being super loud just all flood back to you. And it's like, oh, my God, I... I, the, the, the script is officially switched out. You are the guy who is terrified of on a Friday night, his kids being woken up and just, you know, resents that hell out of anybody who's being loud and partying next yeah. door. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 10 o'clock right now. And I'm just thinking back to like how many times we had a party out at the pool or in the backyard and just being like, oh, it's, it's 1145. It's fine. We can keep the music on. Right now, I'm now I'm just like if that if 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 their music is playing a second past ten thirty, I'm going out there to yell at them. I swear to God. Also, I just casually threw that in there, but shout out to us. It is ten o'clock on a Friday night. 
when we're recording this podcast. So, you know, credit to us for, for that one. Dedicated that, to the game. Is that, is that credit to us? Or is that like, what are these guys doing on Friday yeah, night? No, that Friday night. Friday <laughs> night recording a podcast. So, hey, do we have any, uh, any, anything to, uh, to talk about Boston here? I mean, we didn't, well, we didn't. So the gambling game never stopped because Mike never responded to our text messages, but I'm just going to say that. What do you mean? Go back in the text messages. I'll go back. Let me pull this up. Let me pull this no, up. No, I, I remember vividly. Steve put out a message being and, like, let's put and, some money on it. I was like, and then sure. I, and, and, I, and I texted you around. privately, Mike. Hold Gale. on. Hold on. We in on hold this? On. We in on hold this? On. Hold on. Hold on. Steve, let me show you something. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. What? Just for the people at home, Mike is trying to show. What, the, what does that uh, mean? You have the you have you have a red exclamation point next to it saying that it didn't no, get. No, I sent. know. Yeah, but I. I'm, okay, I'm, that's on you. That's not on me. I mean, do you see what the second one says there? That's backwards. You can't see it, but it says. I'm having trouble with my texts today. They're not going through. Did you get this? So, and I never responded. So no. And then, but there's nothing in the WhatsApp group. Okay. That, that's fair. I, I was trying to respond. My phone wasn't working. I had to, I did a stupid thing where uh, T-Mobile bought sprints. So I had to change my SD card and it screwed up my phone for like two days straight. Just None of my apps were just get mint mobile like me what'd you say steve upgrade your phone what are you doing no you need to do this too i am not on your plan okay do you have sprint yeah mike i took care of this ages ago oh okay well i just i'm got an my adult SD I'm, a, I'm a fully functioning adult over here i just got my sd card i don't know what to tell you it sent it in the mail i just got it and so i switched it that day and it's completely destroyed my phone for like two days. I just couldn't text anybody. I couldn't use any apps. And then it, it's fixed now. It's fine. Mike, be an adult. Switch to Mint Mobile like all yeah. real adults do. Uh, this sounds like a couple of excuses from a couple of guys who know they got their ass kicked in the Boston Marathon selection. Did, I you, tally this up? did you tally it up, Trent? Well, I did not I, tally it up, but I had the men's, the men's winner and the women's winner, and I none of my guys fell out of like the top 12. So I, I, I feel pretty good about how I did. I, I will honor it because, as you can see, on Marathon Monday – who has the top American? I said on yes. American, on American pick. I got I got a I, full I did. I had I had Nell Rojas. What did she so finish? She, she, she finished tenth. Tenth for the woman. How about uh my pick of Matt McConnell finishing twelfth? Yeah, Fobble. Fobble finished eighth. Are we Scott took, Fobble we fans took, again? We took we took an L. No. We took an L on Marathon Monday. We sure did. Fobble had like an incredible yeah. showing. And no. he, he became he became a fan favorite again. Did the uh did the peak too early? It, it, sorry, the whereabouts failure uh warriors, whatever whatever we call uh people that are listening in. Uh did the warriors give a nice like fobble chant when he went by? Did they try and heckle him like oh we, we heckled the shit out of him a year so ago? Apparently, yeah. apparently our brother Mike started booing him and everybody got <laughs> mad at Chris for booing him. That's the story. Things have changed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I I because he originally kind of became a fan favorite at Boston when he had like that was kind of like his breakout race at Boston and that's really when he leaned into like the whole burrito thing everyone thought that the whole burrito thing was fun I noticed that he like 
resurrected the whole like burrito thing and now is the fan favorite and whatever it is what it is we we've talked too much about bobble at, at this point uh, we the men's race was great but i think we would be silly to to start with the men's race the woman's right. race the woman's race was awesome that showdown uh between jeff cheer cheer and i'm not even gonna attempt to say uh all right you know what i am gonna attempt to say it abble abble yeshena how did i do i think i did well the battle coming down the whole last like 10 miles was unbelievable and the jarring back and forth the just like crazy um like random um like surges that jeff cheer was throwing in there and the other girl was reeling her back in they seemed to be talking to each other the whole time yeah and i gotta be honest it didn't seem friendly like no i i, I was just gonna say it we, seemed like there was there was some comp some strong competition going yeah, on yeah i at first I was like, oh, wow, they're like strategizing or they know each other, or they're friends. The more the race went on, it seemed as if um, the other girl, and I, I, I'm sorry, I can't say her name, was upset at Jeff Je- Cheercher because Jeff Cheercher kept throwing in these like ridiculous surges and then getting pulled back in. And then they would talk and have some kind of conversation or confrontation. And then they would stop talking. Jeff Cheer, she would again throw in this like crazy thing. She'd pull her back in. And this kept happening over and over. It and seemed I like that- from, from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like Jeff Cheer, Cheer was trying to break her. And um, um, I'm sorry, I, the, the, other, the other woman's name um, was like, hey, let's, let's work together to run a fast time here. But Jeff Cheer, Cheer was like trying to break her the entire time, which was, I kind of side, I, we, we will always side on, on like competitive racing over fast times yeah and i tried to like watch at the finish line to see if they would embrace each other because you know when you have a battle like that especially when uh you know it came down to three or four seconds and they were gutting it out the whole way came down to that uh the the finish line sprint there when you have a race that that is that emotional and that close oftentimes you'll see a finish line embrace where it's like, okay, a lot of respect there. They did not talk. They did not hug. They did not shake hands. They walked right by each other, didn't acknowledge each other, which said to me that whatever words were being shared out on the course were not necessarily friendly words. Yeah. On TV too, they were talking about, um, during their, the middle portions of the race, they felt like uh, Yashana, my turn at saying the names, Yashana was kind of uh, kind of like encroaching up on Jep Churcher a little too much, not like not giving her as much space as you would expect her to give her unless they were strategically working together uh, to draft off each other. And so I, I think there was some even some maybe a little bit of emotions running, you know, way before that. So when you got to that point, Jep Churcher was you know, like, hell no, I'm not working with you. You've been kind of messing up my stride throughout the course of this race. I love to see it. And I feel like every single year, it's starting with, um, with the year that, um, who did Desi lose to in 2013? Um, I forget, but there was a battle 
down uh down Boylston the whole way and it was like the first time since you know Dick Be- Dick Beardsley Alberto Salazar dueling the sun our battle down the home stretch like that I feel like on both the men's and the women's side ever since that it's like every other year we have a battle that is is outdone and um like two years ago it was a 2019 there was a battle on the oh, men's yeah. side down the home stretch and we thought like there's no way it could get any crazier than that. And it was topped again this year. So the, um, the finishes at Boston more so than any other big city marathon have become must watch television. Yeah. This one might've been the most outrageous. Uh, Jeff Churcher just continuing to surge. And then normally when your surge doesn't pay off, that's a recipe for disaster, right? You, you make your move. You kind of put your chips on the table when you're in that last half mile, that last mile, uh, and then if you get covered, that's hard to recover him. She recovered like four times. And then Yashana to let Jip Churcher make a move on her like four times and then be able to recover that. Like it was just, I've never seen, I've seen the epic races where the people are neck and neck going down the wire, which are, are unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this one. In, in, in just the nature of Boylston makes it a really epic um, spot for that because you know, it's a point to point. So you're kind of winding through, you're, you're winding through the, the neighborhoods of greater Boston, you get into Boston, you're kind of winding through Boston, but you never get a shot or you never get a look at that, at that finishing just stretch until you take that right on Hereford left on a Boylston. And it's about, what is it? It's like, uh, I think it's 600, right? Yeah. Well, that no, it's more right. than that. What? Is it 600? I thought it was a little more than 600. Anyways, but it's like, it's like a pretty long stretch right there. And you just, you, you take that turn and you see the finish line. And it's like, it's one of those things where it it seems significantly closer than it is. And so it, it kind of, you get an adrenaline rush. You, uh, you get like the feeling like I'm almost there, but it's enough space and straight enough and it's wide enough and it's fast enough to get some like interesting um, battles and we're we've seen that over the past decade and i'm loving it yeah i I, th- I think it is right around 600 meters because when you there's so much energy on that last turn there steve the left on the boylston where you it, it kind of feels like you're almost like on a track and you're on that last like 100 meter sprint and you kind of have that attitude and that energy where it's like oh this is the last 100 meters when in reality like you almost have like a half a mile to go when you turn that stretch, right? Like you have 600 meters, you have a lap and a half on the, on the track. So, but to your point, it, it feels like it should only be like a hundred meter sprint when in reality you are, you're, you're fighting down that straightaway for a long time before you get yeah. to the yellow line. And 600 meters is even longer at the end of a marathon, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. a long finishing stretch. And to be able to go out there, think you got it, put your surge on, realize you've got a lot more to go and still recover. It's just, yeah, it was crazy. That, uh, that, that was one thing. So when we did, we did Boston for fun, I've never run it competitively, right? I've only done it for fun. Um, that was what I was thinking going down Boylston was, uh, you know, we were, we were running slow. We were out of shape maybe a little tipsy. We had some, a few beers on the course, but I was like, man, this is a lot longer of a stretch than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> it, it feels, it feels very, very long. So, but on the, uh, 
another beautiful day out on the course in Boston. Uh, nice, cool weather. I mean, this this is the that that's the type of day you hope for when you train through the weather and you get to a, a April day, early April day in New England. It could be anything from snow to ninety degree weather. If you get forty five and sunny, you got to take that and you got to be happy with it. Yeah, I mean that's like. You, you you see at the Boston Marathon the wide range of extremes. You see the like freezing rain type days. You see the 85 and humid where people are just like, you know, it's a battlefield and people are just passing all over the, all the course. So any day you get a day like you had um, this year, you, that's that's huge. You, you got to take that because you're, you're really rolling the dice. You're gambling. When you sign up for the Boston marathon, you don't know what weather you're getting. It hot take. Maybe we wanted a, a crazy weather year just to reinvigorate the Boston marathon to the fall talk. Uh, Cause if you get that perfect year, people are like, Oh, True. I guess the trial is not that True. much better when you have a good day. Like it, it happened uh, this year. Trent, I just said, or in Mike and or Mike, just kind of like, get you know where your head's at in terms of training for indy is there any hope that you hit that qualification standard for boston no no zero no in in terms of like what you're capable of doing or you just don't care about it unless i like just aged out of my current age group that i don't think i don't know what when's the next age group start i'm i'm 29 i'm looking up i'll turn 30 by the time the marathon's going though do i get to go in the slower age group it's about the same i think you get like 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, I was hoping for like a five minute buffer. I just, just like training wise, I, I don't see it happening. I, I've had a few setbacks already. I, I haven't been running really whatsoever uh, at this point uh, as I try to just get my body healthy enough for a marathon run. And so just realistically, like I'd love to, the idea of kind of like training hard this summer, you know, there's that sick part of all runners minds where you're like, yeah, I want to spend the summer just running a shit ton and getting in killer shape. Uh, but realistically, I just, I just can't stay healthy at this point in my life. Right, you have not on this weekend, not a big deal, but. Ooh. Uh, Trent, you have not aged out. It's 18 Damn. to it's 18 to 34. And the current standard is three hours flat. What, what is the Wait, 18 to 34? God, yeah. I'm going to be 34. When, is it 34 when you – is it your mm. age when, when you qualify or your age when you race? Let me do a little – Because I'm going to be four days away from that next age group. Oh, man. That, that would suck. It's got to be when you qualify, right? Because, I, I mean, no. I think that's how it would be, not when you race Boston. It can't Boston. be. It can't I'm be. I'm reading it here. Because that if – I, if I miss – if I miss – my if i miss it well what is it bump from yeah what's the buffer minute? five minutes so 35 if i if i miss out on a boston qualifier by four four days i'm gonna be so mad you're gonna have if you are if you run that well steve the only move is to sign up for a marathon a month later and just just get it done with like if you're right on the cusp but you get it as a 35 year old uh just you gotta find a marathon trend, a month trend, later trend, 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 trend. okay hold on the qualifying times below are based on each athlete's age on the date 
of the Boston Marathon. Okay. Hey, all right. There all right so I get five minutes. So that would be nice. You get that five I have, minutes. I, listen, I would. I'm a little upset at myself that in my entire life as a runner, I've never gone after Boston. And I think I need to do it. I think I need oh, to do my. it. Trent, I can already see what's happening here. What's happening? He, he suckers me in to run one more marathon in Indy, and then he's <laughs> going to try and sucker me in to do um, – it's not happening. Wait, I ran Boston. There's no there's – no, there's It no, was great. There's not a – Mike, here, listen. I, I love you. You're my brother, and I know you got a lot going on, and I'm very happy that you signed up for Indy and we're going to run Indy. There's not – there's not a – I don't think there's any chance you qualify for Boston in November. Okay. But that's, I mean, Steve's pretending pretending like he's not going for charity. No, I mean, listen, I listen, if I can, if I can spark a a fire under ass right now, I I hope to do that. But yeah, I, I'm, I've chalked you, I've already chalked you up to a four hour marathon in Indy. I, I, I told you I started training this week. (laughs) What are you talking about? Listen, if I stay healthy, if I stay healthy, this thing's a lock. I, I got that steak dinner in my pocket. The only thing, you guys got to start rooting for an injury. Which, Trent, Trent, do you remember when like a month ago, Steve was like, yeah, but you guys don't know how hard it's going to be for me at my age to do this and to do that, yada, yada. I would say I'm the the underdog in this. Now, all of a sudden, it's a, it's a lock. He's, you know, the only thing, stop, the only thing stopping him is an injury. Yeah, 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 Mike. I'm trying to get my gambling odds low. That's just smart. That's just smart race tactics. We got 189 days. We got a whole year to go. <laughs> 189 days. All right. Do you I, want to move on to the next topic my, here? My training cycle. <laughs> my training cycle started four days ago. I got plenty of time. Not yeah. My mine started six months ago. And that's why I'm not going to get injured. Slow and low, baby. Slow and low. Yeah, let's change topics here. Uh, Steve, you're showing us the uh, the clip from Ollie yeah, Ho- the the uh, the on what's up? Oh no 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 yeah no I, I oh yeah, yeah. do we have the, any the on... do we have any further Boston Marathon topics that we want to hit on? <laughs> we we no. didn't even mention the men's race. Uh, we have to mention because we, I've been getting a lot of hate for saying uh molly seidel's name wrong by calling her molly seidel we have to call her molly seidel now i mean that who's is her name so we can call her it what's that who, 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 who you said that to you people in the two crew i'm not just gonna throw which, which two the, crew the bus here. people in the two crew are saying we have to say if we want to get molly on the podcast we have to say her name right uh so molly seidel um tough day for her it, I ca- it's tough I kinda, the whole- i kind of like i kind of like seidel better so until until she agrees to come on this podcast, she is Seidel. I Molly, just think it sounds nice. Molly, it's up to hate for Molly. Uh, it's tough when the whole broadcast is based around Molly running well, and uh, but but she'll be back out there soon. Um, I didn't really have that many hot takes on it. I just wanted to bring that up because of all the hate I was getting. But apparently, it didn't sway you guys on how you want to uh, call. Uh, Call call Molly moving forward. Well, Did not Molly really hurt my chances at winning the pool? So um yeah, not 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 too happy about it, but it is what it is. All right, we go with Boston Marathon. I think sure. I'm good with Boston Marathon. 
All right. Trent doesn't uh, seem too happy with Boston Marathon. Trent, you got anything else you want to talk about Boston? No, I just, I, it's, it's the biggest race of the year, and I feel like we're <laughs> kind of glossing over a little bit. There's other things to talk about. Like, I don't know. What I was do you want to talk about? That Des Linden came in top 15. I she, thought yeah, that was, that was impressive. That's pretty cool. I was very impressed with her. That was pretty cool. On the men's side, CJ Albertson again goes oh, out like a yeah. complete beast. Uh, that That is one thing I wanted to talk about where it's just like, an annual tradition of CJ Albertson leading the Boston marathon now. Like that's like, you know, death taxes, CJ Albertson leading the Boston marathon at mile 15. Death taxes and CJ Albertson winning the race to Boston college. And right. You know what? I, I, first of all, I'm fully supportive of that tradition. Let's get CJ every year to be out there. I would argue this year was more impressive too. He, he came in a few spots lower. He ended up in 13th place, but I think it was a more stacked field than it was last year so honestly if he can keep doing this and keep getting better uh i am all for cj albertson just taking that tradition of going out and maybe if he does this for the next 10 years he'll catch that one day uh where the marathon's won in a slower time on maybe a crazy weather day and then there'll be the cj albertson story and i will say this year it was more responsible we're like the last time he went out like a crazy person and tried to like gap the field super early in the race. And it was one of those things where it was exciting and fun because he's our guy. But, you know, th- this time he, he, I think it was what, like mile like 17 or something like that, that he tried yeah. to put a gap on the field. So it was pretty late in the race. Um, you know, giving himself a chance, like I guess that late in the race, if you can kind of hang on and, and run strong. So it seemed a little bit less reckless this year. So maybe every year he gets slightly less reckless and who knows? Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. No, Rojas is one of my favorite runners. Like she's the best. Uh, Her dad was on camera, like super emotional about her being the top American. Her dad seems like the man. Um, Yeah. And now Rojas is just, she's a beast. Yeah. She's a beast. Top American wasn't even close to she, she, Blew away the rest of the American women top ten finish. Trent, right, do you want to get into? Do you want to get into any of the human interest stories, Trent? Um, I thought that we were saving that for like a, a special bonus pod, like a four hour docu series we were going to do on some of the the human yeah. interest stories of the Boston. I did, I did have some good takes on those, but I will save it for that the docu series. I it, actually give uh, me give me give me a sneak peek of some of your hot takes on that. No, I think like um, an NPR reporter. No, I think. It will release that with the um, the Chalimo Lamong uh, documentary. <laughs> those those will come out together. We'll, we'll put those out back to back. All right, let's uh l- let's let's move on to to the on running podcast story that so Steve, you were showing us the yeah the, yeah so the so audio of it beforehand to just kind of set the table here a little bit. Um, so uh Oregon track like so so on running club is going to pen relays it's it's going on right now this weekend and they're kind of going they're, they're bringing their team out there and um the thing about pen relays it's it's kind of like one of the historic events in the sport and um you know if it would be great if every pro team kind of went there and every team geared up for it and kind of competed against each other it would just be a lot of fun um but a couple weeks ago uh Oregon track club posted, put something on Instagram. What was the exact tweet here? It was, um, I have it right here. Um, 
Come witness history Saturday evening at Oregon Relays. Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker, James West, and Matt Weisner will attempt a world best in the four by mile relay. And then they said, We've reached out to multiple pro and college teams, but haven't gotten any takers. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like they threw this thing together and they put it out there and it's like, Oh, yeah, we invited people, but it's like, Well, we have the longest running track meet in history where all the teams are going to run a relay it's like and has been on our calendar all year and you're saying just because like you threw out an invite last second to pro teams nobody came that you're gonna that you're gonna uh you know throw shade at them so on the on track teams uh podcast the coffee club podcast uh ollie whore kind of went off uh on this and and we'll get into it um, Mike, can you cut in like maybe like one spicy clip from that from that four minute clip? Like, you know, maybe one of the points where kind of Ollie went off a little bit. Yeah, Ollie's talking about it right here. You can't push the sport into a way in which there's a bit more head to head competition, a bit more rivalry. George, you probably fucking scared them off after Milrose, so we can't race them again. <laughs> uh, they're gonna completely avoid us because you fucking embarrassed them at Milrose. So now we have to deal with this, where they're gonna do their solo races at Haywood. The only time I get to race these guys is probably at Worlds. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my reaction. And so Ollie kind of went off and he did it in a respectful way. He talked about how much he liked those guys and how much, um, how much uh, respect well, he had. Can, for can them. I, can I just, but, can, can I give you I, a I'm, quick time? I'm going to get, I'm going to get the big go. I, I don't, I don't know how respectful that, t- like it really was. Yeah, like, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay, there. Okay. Well, you said he was in a respectful way. It was like he tried the, to do it in a respectful way. It was the classic, like I, you know, I like these guys. I, do, I really do like these guys. But, but Jordy Beamish embarrassed him at the Milrose invite. Yeah, and then just like point after point after point after point why I don't like or respect these guys at all. Can you put in the Ricky Bobby Taldega Knights clip right here? He's like, with all due respect. <laughs> yeah, just because you say with all due respect doesn't mean you can say whatever you want. So what? One thing I want to say to kind of kick this off, um, we we love Ollie. Ollie is one of our guys. And I just want to say, I think he is one of the most important people in the sport, not just because of like where he's at competition-wise and like he's going to be an Olympian. He's going to be, you know, he's one of the top mid-distance guys in the in the world. Um, he's got a, he's, he's one of the top personalities in the sport, but he has some like, uh, uh, he's got some some strong opinions and some strong takes on like how the sport should grow, and I just think like he is somebody that the sport can kind of rally around to be like a, a personality to to help grow the sport and fight for um you know grow the sport and 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 try to make other athletes realize like hey like if we want the sport to grow we need to do X Y and Z um so like I am one hundred percent on board with everything that all he said except for the fact he tried to like backtrack some of his hate against not hate he tried to backtrack some of like his uh his anger towards uh cooper tier and cole hawker and it's like we talked about it on the last podcast but at a certain point we just gotta let it rip we just gotta we just gotta say the things that, and we gotta stop put pussyfooting around and um and he he did he 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 didn't he said what needed to be said but he kind of he kind of gave a little qualifier of like with all due respect to these guys and all that stuff 
he, he's got to lean into it. He, he should I be we, he should be playing clips of what he said on it because he could not be more right. And Ollie, I know you don't want to to piss off people in the sport, and you probably do actually respect Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker, and we don't doubt that. But for the good of track and field, like let your point be made and don't backtrack it whatsoever. Uh, because this is it, like you said, Steve, it needed to be said the whole, I don't know one fan of track and field that doesn't agree with you. Like you may, you may rub people the wrong way on that, that Oregon little circle of people that are in that mile, uh, relay race and supporting that. Uh, but the rest of the world and track and field is on your side, lean into this. You'll get more love for it than you will hate. Uh, and it is actually important and good for the sport of track and field that what you're saying is heard uh and it's not you know it's not softened at all by any um like you know uh, anything else that you say after it i I mean we are clearly not the number one cole hawker cooper tier podcast in the world we can i can i can i I interject for one second mike yeah we'll say we'll say what ollie and uh the rest of uh on running club can't say Yeah, I mean, so do we need to believe that? No, I, I think that's fine. Uh, but that's I think fine. I thought for sure I'd get you two rallying around that statement. No, I'm all about it. But I, I think my, my point was like, I get, I have plenty of reasons to, uh, you know, be fired up by what you're saying there and to then get fired up. Let's get no, fired hold on. up. Let, let me be, finish my let's point. Be, let, let's say the shit. That all he's afraid to say because he's no, got but hold on, let me let me finish let me finish my point. I first of all, I don't think Ollie held back at all. I think Ollie went in. I he said back a little bit. He, no, he said one time like I I do like these guys, but like the other ninety nine percent of the time, he was going more in than I've ever heard. He was more candid than I've ever heard any other distance runner ever be. So I don't really think he was holding back, uh, and I, I don't want to like create this narrative that Ollie was holding back yeah i'm sure like on their long runs they get a little bit more vulgar and in more you know extreme but so but but what i wanted to say was i am not a fan of cole hawker and cooper tier and i guess it's not even them that i'm not a fan of it's like it was just like the let's run hype that grows around them in the community and this thing that we always do this weird thing that the running community always does but like in this instant like I think, yeah, we should be probably attacking the team more than we should be attacking them because it's not really their decision to do this, right? Like, I mean... They're not in college anymore, Mike. They're the face of this team. Yeah. They, can, they can make the decisions. Yeah, yeah, everybody's, no, everybody's no, 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 no. You, you, you race... that Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier got the bag. You don't have the... You don't have... You can't stand up for sitting no, you what races you, you want to run? Get out you of here. Race, no, you race for your coaches and your team think it's best for you to run. That's how being a professional athlete works. They're being paid to show up to the races that they're being told to race at. So it's like, it's hard to blame them. And backtracking on that a little bit, like I think they played it up in the whole like world best thing and probably post on social media. So it's also important to, and I, and I don't put it, I like, I, I, I'll, I'll say this: the pen pen relays is a staple on the calendar, and I think that every pro run should try to go there. It is important to it is important to note 
on the shoe company was sponsoring pen relays this year? On the shoe company. Oh, I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, they have added motivation to be more defensive about coming to the pen release. Steve, don't you start now backtracking. I'm not. I'm just points. saying, I'm, I guess I'm just, I just want to interject a little bit more. But, yeah. Yeah, I, sure. I, listen, I, I came, I said, I said my piece. The sponsor of Pen Relay is going to change. How many years has Pen Relay has been going on? I, and I can't even count that high. The sponsor is going to change. So like, COVID, COVID was the first time since, was it World War One that Pen Relays didn't happen? All right. So 100 plus years, uh, the sponsor is going to change in that time. People can still go to Pen Relays. I just think it's a completely like wimpy and everything we hate about this sport move to not show up to the pen relays into this, you know, in the same time frame, be doing this, you know, solo Wait. time trial BS. But even and, worse than that is to put out that statement like, oh, we reached out to other other yeah, clubs that's, that nobody right, wanted that's to hard. come. But it's again, like, again, about? that's that's on the team. And not necessarily on hawker and tier. And again, I, I feel like I'm in this weird position where I'm like defending them. But yeah, they did get the bag and they are like future faces of the team, but they are still like rookies on the sport. All right. right? So, hey, like bleep out, bleep you know what out. I mean? Like cut out cut out the part where I said fuck Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier. Am I cutting out cut the part out. that you told don't me to cut, cut out, out the part? <laughs> this yeah, is you just, could cut out cut out. No, no, no. Here's, here's, here's bleep 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 when i said bleep when i said fuck cole hawker and cooper Tier, just bleep it and then keep in the part where i said the bleep bleep, out, bleep out bleep out the part where yeah I said, now now we're just so, in like, so, a maze of i don't even know our takes anymore but yes that would be funny that's funny no it is funny i don't even know if we're still recording i don't know how much of this <laughs> is in the podcast anymore here let, let me let me take us back out on, on one thing i want to add to this conversation uh so the whole chat, so I'm, I'm not a big social media guy, but I was looking at this tweet that they had put out, pumping it up. And what's really refreshing to see is all the comments on it. Everyone agrees with Ollie and with us on this. So I'm not going to skip any. I'm going to start from the beginning and just read like the first few there to hear. Not skipping, but here we go. And excuse me for any language that I use. It's not mine. It's, it's Twitter. Get these bitches to go to pen relays then, you idiots. Next one. No one wants to go to your lame time trial. Talk about a tree falling in the woods. Come to the Ben Relays, losers. Uh, Y'all can't be serious. I wonder why there weren't any takers. The list goes on. So, uh, you know, shout out to the mean social media world that normally I don't want any part of. Uh, But in this case, mean social media trolls, internet trolls. You guys, you guys are right here. Everybody, that's everybody our, knows. That's what our happened. social promo for the episode. Thank you very much, Chet. <laughs> uh, All right. Anything that's left on uh, on track and field and running beefs and anything of that matter? No, I think we're good. All right. I mean, I think I, I don't have anything else. Then I think. Trent, you got any any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts here. Crap, like this is what kills a sport. There's literally <laughs> Penn and Drake relay shaking my head. Also, don't go to this and go race. Always see at Penn. The culture needs it, and and so forth. 
Okay. All right. Uh, should we kick off the bell app? Let's kick off the bell app. All right. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? I just get it, want to give one final shout out to everybody who showed up at the Boston Marathon. Uh, I was definitely feeling a little bit of FOMO not being at the party. Uh, it looked like a great time. I know people were getting after it and enjoying themselves a little bit. And, uh, you know, we had people from, from all over coming and uh, getting together and being part of this community, which is the whole point of everything we've been doing, right? Trying to build this community. So it really warmed my heart seeing our little community come together, watch the Boston Marathon together, have a few beers, enjoy themselves. Um, so yeah, appreciate everyone showing all the love. We had a, a free P2E sign out there. I don't really know what that means. I'm not sure if that's referencing. P2E. I don't know, but I, you know, it was cool to see that uh, that out there on, on the course. Trent, what do you got people on the bell app? All right, I got two quick ones. I'm going to try and squeeze in here. The first, I've become a, a big crossword guy uh, in, in the later years of my life. And I don't know what day it was, but uh, one of the clues the other day, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this wrong, but it was something like a uh, runner who attempted to run sub two or something like that in the marathon. I was like, Kipchoge. And it was a New York Times like crossword and Kipchoge was uh, the answer to a clue. So uh, if that doesn't show you that, podcasts like this have grown the sport of running i don't know what can if it's it's in the new york times uh but then also uh we got celtics bucks coming up uh celtics are playing unbelievable the uh, the bucks are obviously defending champs uh so shout out to our friend colin mr wisconsin out there uh and all the uh you know and all the bucks fans are gonna have a tough series um watching them go head to head uh with marcus smart and and the rest of the team with the celtics so go celtics I have three things on the bell app. First off, shout out to uh, Kenna and Bailey who came through the, uh, the expo, uh, had a nice little chat with them. And the three of us are now uh, West Virginia fans. So uh, I told them we don't have a, we don't have a uh, necessarily strong ties to any college teams. And uh, they talked me into making the three of us West Virginia fans. So uh, week one, of of college football this year the three of us are placing a bet on west virginia trent shaking his head no 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 the huggy bear i'm all in on west virginia yeah, yeah. the mountaineers let's go yeah. we're, we're west virginia fans um uh second thing um uh massachusetts just approved sports gambling so that's uh that's huge so that's yeah my life's not going to change that much for me but uh yeah that's that's big that's big news um, and then the third piece is uh, this goes to every to this crew and everybody that's planning on running the Indianapolis Marathon with us and uh, the rest of the two group. We're going to do something for charity. I think we're, we're going to have a conversation. We want to we want to do something for charity. And I, I'm thinking that we might sell a piece of apparel and all the proceeds go to a charity that we're going to support for the marathon. So we're going to do some brainstorming around that. But keep your keep your eyes and ears open for for stuff coming down the pipeline on that. How do I end this show again? What do I say? Oh, I remember. All right, boys. The athletic integrity unit is at my door, and I got to go get a burrito. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over.
Oh, I like my girl.